Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, hello. We are back. It is Friday. Friday. And honestly, this was the longest four-day week that I have ever... I thought this week was going to go by really quickly, but it took forever just to us to get here. Oh, I I thought it went by quickly. Maybe it was just me, but either way, it, it was, was a short week. I forgot. It was that. because we had a four day weekend. I'm just losing is track it, of everything. Is it because you don't acknowledge King's uh, holiday? <laughs> is that why you forgot it, Shira? You literally no. walked How do you right know, into Char? that. How do you know, well, you already I know. I forgot what Fridays are. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Friday. No. Never. Stop. Never. No, I, I'm, as I said, I'm being a bit self deprecating today. Okay. But no, I appreciate I love Char being here because it does mean it's a party. It's always more fun. Yeah, well, let me give her the formal introduction. Char is joining us on her Fridays here on Let's Go There. Hi, Char Jacelle. Hello, TGIF. Yes, TGIF with uh, Char. I said TGIF with Fridays. I'm like, what? That's it almost give sounded, Friday some credit. It almost sounded like you said TGIF with Raw. With Raw? That's what it sounded like. Did oh. it not sound like it was <laughs> I didn't hear that. Either way. <laughs> Ryan, what you got planned uh, for today? Well, you never know. <laughs> Either way, um, we have a lot coming up on today's show. We are talking all the things that are happening in the sports world, uh, especially when it comes to their trans athletes competing. And, of course, later on, we're talking about Dave Chappelle. There was a really amazing article in Variety uh, Vanity Fair. And we're really going to break down this thing that uh, the writer uh, talked about, the black lie or the black ass lie. And it's really interesting because mm-hmm. um, it kind of really, if you think about the big lie in terms of America, we're talking about the big lie in terms of black America. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to break all of that down today on today's show. Stick around. It's going to be fiery. It's going to be good. Yes. Um, but first, let's get into our headlines, huh, Cher? Let's do it. Well, an anti-LGBTQ education bill has passed a Florida House committee and will now advance advance to the House floor for a vote. It's called HB 1557, known as the Parental Rights and Education Bill, and it's also informally known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. It was approved by the House Education and Employment Committee. And listen to this. It would make it illegal for the kindergarten through fifth grade teachers to discuss anything related to LGBTQ identities in the classroom. Wow. That's pure erasure. I mean, but that's what they've been doing. That I feel like all their actions have been leading up to just yeah. actions. 
actual erasure at this point. They want to forget that we even exist. They Mm -hmm. don't want to be reminded of history. They don't want to be reminded of anything negative. I'm sure you all talked about Mitch McConnell's comment yesterday. And and him saying exactly what he meant? Yeah. Oh, of course. Between black Americans and Americans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's exactly what Republicans stand for. It is. There needs to be like just a law against being a horrible human being. Well, that would be subjective. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that would be subjective. Because <laughs> they don't think they're doing anything horrible. No. Nope. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I got some more messed up news. Uh, a Tennessee adoption agency that sued the federal government in, in December seeking the right to discriminate has used a new state law to deny service to a straight Jewish couple. We're coming what? for the straight juice, too. What? About time. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for my turn. The law was intended to allow Christian foster and adoption agencies to discriminate against LGBTQ couples. The couple's now suing the Tennessee Department of Children's Services in state court, arguing that the adoption agency is state-sponsored, shouldn't be allowed to discriminate against them based on their religion. And they're challenging the two-year-old religious exemption bill that allowed Tennessee adoption agencies, as I mentioned, to refuse child placement with families that, quote, violate the agency's written religious or moral convictions or policies. Again, it kind of goes with what Ryan just mentioned earlier. Like, all of this stuff is coming to surface because, as I always say, it only takes one snowflake to cause an avalanche. Mm -hmm. So if you think you're going to be unaffected... You know, think again, because once they're done with one group, they're coming for the next. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Sharp? Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you all heard the rumors about how Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra were supposed to allegedly be separating. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, she removed the Jonas from her social media platform. It it used to say Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Mm -hmm. and she took the Jonas off. So everybody was buzzing like, you know, there's a decade between these two. They got married in 2018. Mm. But I mean, honestly, I've been so excited that they're not forcing that relationship on us. When they first got engaged and were together, it was a lot. They were like literally shoving it down my throat and it was so annoying and not in a good way. All I can think about is Priyanka at uh at the wedding, at the British wedding, and how she pumped through. I, like that's still in <laughs> well, my she's, mind. I mean, she's a stunning person. Like I, I oh, yeah. but there's also something really annoying about her. I like Priyanka. They had like a ten day wedding. Nevertheless, well, it's it's <laughs> that's a culture. That's a cultural. That's, 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 yeah. that's true. Yeah. That wasn't ra- lip- That's true. That wasn't in vanity. <laughs> Look at Shira. Look at Shira. <laughs> Nevertheless, the two just <laughs> announced that they welcomed a baby Zora on Saturday, January fifteenth. Shout out to the Capricorn. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I was shocked when I saw that news because I was like, Priyanka was just on The View not too long ago and she did not look pregnant. Well, it's via surrogate. Yes, which is awesome. And they have not announced the name, but I'll be keeping an eye out for it because you know Jeannie Mai and Jeezy, Mm, their baby's name is Monaco. And Jeannie Mai is a Capricorn who gave birth to a Capricorn. Isn't that a place? Well, that's how they got the name. It was one of those cities that the two of them connected and got the name. That's where they did it. So they were looking for a J name. (laughs) They did it? They were initially looking for a J name because of Jeannie and Jeezy, but Uh they settled. So the baby's name is Monaco Mai Jenkins. Oh, I like that. That's a strong name. It's hard hard to get a good first name for Jenkins. Yes, it is, actually. Jenkins is so specific. Monaco is beautiful. I love that name. So yeah, shout out to Jeezy and Jeannie Mai. And also shout out to the the Chopra Jonases. That's gonna be a beautiful baby on both sides. The Chopra Jonases, oh, yeah. yeah, and the, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the J, uh, Jeannie Mai yeah. and, and Jeezy, yeah. yeah. Congratulations! I can't I can't wait to see what this baby's name is. Oh, I don't know what I can't imagine what Nick and Priyanka come up with for a baby let's name. Let's guess. No, let's not guess. Uh, n- n- no, because that also sounds like yeah, I couldn't even come up with it. That, that's why I, I was gonna combine their names, but it doesn't... what if it's something very? Average, like Anne. Because <laughs> if you combine like 
Priyanka and Nick, it's just prick. <laughs> the NCAA recently changed the policy around trans athletes competing, and it's continuing to create confusion for many. And here to share more and just to break it down for us is Liz Clark, a Washington Post sports reporter. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm happy to join you. You're nice to have me. And this is really, you know, difficult terrain and complicated terrain and, and very much in the news, obviously. Yes. So first, before we get into it, I think it's just important to break down the policy change. Like, where were we and where do we stand now? Yes. So we're going to talk about NCAA sports, college sports, you know, not public school sports, not Olympics right now. Mm-hmm. So, um I believe it was in 2011 the NCAA wrote its first transgender athlete participation uh, policy. And and as it relates to trans women, it said, and I'm totally summarizing, basically you can compete for a women's team if you have been taking testosterone suppressants for a year. Um, The thought being that was sufficient time to mitigate or negate um, an advantage you might have had prior. Um, so that was that was what was replaced this week. And it was replaced with a policy that basically said, look, we we support uh, inclusion. We want, you know, all athletes to complete to compete. But on this, we are going to defer to um, the national governing body's policy, you know, what is their policy? And, you know, sport by sport, each sport will decide. And if there is no national governing um, board policy, we'll kick it to the international governing board. Um, so those who applaud the NCA on this will say or have said, you know, it's good that, that they realize their old policy was outdated. They needed to update it um, because the science is changing. Um, but others say, yes, that's true. It was outdated. Um, but this is really rash. In fact, this is no solution at all because what they're doing is just punting. You know, they're abdicating their responsibility right. for really coming up with something thoughtful and science-based. And they sort of panicked. It's like, okay, hot potato, here we pass it along. Yeah, and if you're just now joining us, we're talking to Liz Clark from WAPO Sports. Um, And I think the really interesting things that I feel like I continue to recognize when I'm reading articles on this is the word fairness comes up an awful lot in these stories. How are these, like, sports associations actually defining that word here? Yes, well... um, you know, as I'm listening, trying to learn and trying to report, you know, as clearly as I can, and, and needless to say, I am not a physiologist or scientist, you know, you have two virtues in this conversation that that we would all support, I would hope. Uh, one is we we support inclusion. You know, everyone ought to have the right to compete in sports, whether on the playground or in the pros. It's so, so there is inclusion, and then there is that bedrock value of a level playing field. You know, in competitive sports, the guarantee of a level playing field is paramount. So obviously, both things should hold at the same time. And on this issue, you know, there's science, some science that says, you know, both things are not possible here in, in, in some sports and in some cases um, that you cannot... Uh, you know, welcome all and guarantee a level playing field. 
So that is what is complicated. That is why you might want a sport by sport differentiation, you know, bowling different than swimming or equestrian. You know, you have men and women competing against one another into their 40s and 50s, um, it, less less significant gender difference uh, than there might be in track and field. Um, so I don't know if I answered your question, but I mean, I kind of think fairness applies to both fairness being everyone should be welcome. Everyone should be included. That is fair. Um, covering sports, I know how seriously athletes take what they mean by a level playing field, uh, you know, that we all have the same chance, not that we're all equally gifted, but that, um, you know, not simply my opponent isn't using performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, that's glaring. That's obvious. But even in swimming, you know, my opponent isn't wearing a swimsuit that has this inherent incredible competitive advantage, you know, not right. visible to the naked eye, you know, to that granular detail. Right. So I, I, I know that part of this has to do with optics, right? Just like a lot of cis women, no cis woman looks the same. No one's hormones. There's different people have different hormone balances and imbalances. And so for, for sure. optics purposes, someone could be, you know, trans for 12 years and still not, uh, conform to, I guess, what society would deem the most feminine physique. So how will this, given now that the, the policies have changed and it's now sport by sport, mm -hmm. in essence, how will this affect things as, like you mentioned, the, the science is based, how will it affect things going forward where now we're not focused on one year of testosterone blockers? Mm -hmm. Boy, this is such a tough question. So, you know, we see at the at the at youth sports level, you know, state by state, I, I, you know, wild differences. And these are often politically charged, not based on science, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes based on hysteria. That's happily, we're not talking about that terrain. That's a, that's a lot to unpack, but stick to the NCA. Um, you know, ideally, to be fair um, on this issue, I think you would want to hit pause. And recognize, look, the science that's coming in now is is more detailed, more specific, raising more questions than the science five, six years ago when we yeah. really thought, oh, suppressing testosterone for trans women, that's really all that's in play here. And if we suppress it enough for whether that's a year or two or two and a half, that will create our level playing field. But what science is saying and what some past Olympians are saying, you know, people who, who have competed um, at, at this elite, elite level are saying, yes, the, the testosterones, we can measure that and you could get to a level, you can get to a range. But really, that is not going to affect the, the advantages you've gotten when you've been through puberty prior as a male. And among those the length of your limbs, which is a huge deal in swimming, particular strokes, um, lung capacity, the, the size of your heart, literally, um, uh, strength and muscle mass, you know, so that all these differences or, mm -hmm. or competitive disadvantages, they can't, testosterone level is, it doesn't ameliorate everything. Got it. So then what do you do? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We, we have to wrap up. We appreciate you for joining us for this mm -hmm. uh, evolving story, definitely.
Thank you for having me again. Sorry for so long-winded. It's, oh, no. It's complicated. Oh, it most definitely is, and I think you did a great job yeah. by breaking it down. Oh, well, you're super kind. Thanks again. That was Liz Clark, Washington Post sports reporter. Now we've got more coming up. We sure do. Uh, Biden's now in his second year, but how did he serve the community, the LGBTQ plus community in his first 12 months? Lambda Legal is joining us to break it all down. Coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In President Joe Biden's first year in office, there's been substantial progress for LGBTQ plus Americans, but more needs to be done. And joining us to discuss this further is Sasha Booker. Um, she is the senior attorney at Lambda Legal. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on your program. Oh, of course. You know, you're always welcome. I mean, depending on how well you do this, but, you know, it's great. Um, for, <laughs> Don't, no listen. <laughs> Don't listen. Don't listen to me, you'll, you'll just find out that's just who I am. But let's start off with the positive. What has Biden, uh, what has the Biden administration actually gotten right when it comes to our community? Oh, yeah. You know, they, uh, from, from day one, you know, they've made some really positive, um, uh, taken some positive steps. You know, they, um, they rescinded the ban on open transgender military service is one of the first things they did. Uh, they also um, implemented the Bostock decision throughout all of the agencies, you know, and that we've seen agency after agency come forward through an executive order requiring them to, 
you know, clarify that BOSAC applies, you know, meaning that they can't discriminate in their services to um, LGBTQ folks across the board. So really positive. We've seen some good uh, judges being, you know, I'll talk more about judges in a second, but we've seen some, you know, really, uh, uh, really great uh, repairing of the courts after the last administration. I won't even say the name, you know, uh, <laughs> that you know, caused a lot of great harm to the courts, you know, and that's so important to LGBTQ folks and people living with HIV. So, you know, um, you know, a lot of good steps, you know, uh, really positive steps, you know, um, in addition to that, they've, you know, done a lot of work, um, you know, in uh, using the bully pulpit and the Department of Justice has done a lot of good work and issuing uh, statements of interest in different cases that we're working on that's been really helpful. Uh, but there's a whole lot of work that needs to be done. I think, you know, we have to think, you know, beyond, um, you know, what the last administration did. The Obama administration did really great work. Uh, but, you know, historically, you know, there's such stark disparities for the LGBTQ community. We have to think larger and broader and we can't just be happy with repairing the damage that was done in the last administration. We have to, you know, set our sights a lot higher. Definitely. And let, tell us about the report, because you did look at different uh, pillars to come up with your conclusion. Yeah. So we, you know, we um, have been doing this, you know, kind of thing for a while. You know, we've been giving report cards and looking at, you know, the the damage basically for the last four years. And, you know, we wanted to do, you know, a, a look back for the last year in the Biden administration. And, you know, we definitely gave, you know, credit where credit was due. And again, as we just said, you know, covered, you know, they've, they've taken you know, a lot of really great steps. And one other thing I failed to mention that just got released was a uh, an update to the Federal Bureau of Prisons uh, Transgender Offender Manual that had some really awful stuff that had put into it that had been put into it in the last administration. But we also wanted to, you know, uh, you know, we at the beginning of every administration, especially you know the ones that are um, you know progressive, you know, we you know, lay out um, you know our our um, outlines for what we expect them to do, you know, to advance equality for LGBTQ folks and. Uh, but sometimes, you know, that gets a little lost as the administration goes on. So we wanted to make sure to keep emphasizing, you know, the really important steps that need to be, still be taken. And so we took the opportunity to, you know, write up this report that, you know, certainly highlighted the successes, but, you know, definitely teased out, you know, opportunities that still need to be um, uh, taken up, you know, and, and we, can't, we can't go three more years without addressing these, in our opinion, for sure. Yeah, if you're just One now tuning in, we are talking to Sasha Bookert an attorney at Lambda Legal. Now, year after year, it seems like the group in the LGBT community that faces the harshest violence are black women who are trans. But black women who are trans seem to be left in the dust when it comes to implementing uh, policies that would better, you know, our lives. What do you think the, the Biden administration has planned for that? And if they do have something in plan, when do you think it'll the ball will get to rolling? Every year we see these statistics with the numbers climbing of the deadliest year on record. What what can the presidential administration do? Yeah, you're you're actually you're exactly right. And we just certainly put that in our report. You know, the the you know violence targeting uh, trans black trans women year after year, the numbers continue to grow and they're, you know, underreported because we know that, you know, media and law enforcement, you know, continues to misgender um, and misidentify folks, you know, so the numbers are always much greater in reality. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, what, you know, how, how that can be, you know, addressed. And, you know, one of the, you know, solutions that we proposed and, and, and you know, the for the Biden administration to move forward with is to a decriminalize sex work. You know, the the during the last administration there was really dangerous legislation that was passed called SESTA and FOSTA, which you know prevents folks from being able to do sex work online. And 
you know, that places, you know, folks who are doing, you know, sex work in really vulnerable positions. And we know in our community, when folks can't find meaningful employment or meaningful housing, they turn to what we call street economies, drug sales or sex work, things, survival work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, 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 and this places them at a great uh, disadvantage, you know, and, and another thing that the Biden administration should be doing in addition to decriminalizing sex work is really taking, you know, I, I think right now, rightfully, the attention is on voting rights because that impacts all civil rights and human rights in, in, in the country. But I think that they also you know, they can walk and shoot gum at the same time. And it's really important that they champion the, the Equality Act, you know, going back to these systemic drivers, you know, whether it's a school to prison pipeline when schools, you know, don't um, uh, discriminate against LGBTQ students and specifically, you know, black transgender uh, women and girls in, in, in schools, yeah. you know, they're they're not safe in school. So, you know, that places them at disadvantage and then they can't find meaningful housing. So passing yeah. the Equality Act. To make a long story short, it's really important to stop that discrimination from from taking place. Well, Sasha Booker, thank you so much for joining us. You were absolutely fabulous, and we cannot wait to have you back on. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hopefully some positive next time. No, always. Thank you for all the work that Lambda Lego is doing as well. But we got to keep this party going. What's coming up next, Shira? Well... The pandemic is kind of over, at least on TV, you know. But is it enjoyable to experience shows that pretend that's not even here? I can't wait to talk about this. next. People are mad that their TV shows aren't COVID-friendly. Welcome to Grace Alone Hospital. I mean, I feel like this is for you. I should just throw this to you. Grace Alone. Sloan. Sloan. You said Salon? Salon. It's Sloan. (laughs) Salon. It's sl- there's no beat. There's okay. no you're adding an extra okay. syllable. It's Sloan. Mark Sloan. <laughs> okay. So here He's it is. So country. People, people are triggered because a lot of your favorite shows right now aren't really approaching well they are they have like covid themes in them but they're acting like it's over. And is that fair? Is that does that annoy you? Please, let me dive in on this really quickly because we had a whole season if people were actually watching television in the ways that maybe I watch television, they would have realized the whole they, there's been seasons the last season of Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. was a completely covid season. Meredith the, had covid I mean, for over half the season. And a Meredith lot of these Grey shows was, have dealt with these covid storylines The but morning show. I we have yeah. to be like real about these. Television is not supposed to actually like mimic real life it can be like reflective of real life but unless stated otherwise it is not real life and i think i i do not want to continue to watch things that are reminding me of the reality that we're living in right now i think what most television shows are doing they're, which they're saying and the, they end up you know before the show comes on or yeah. at the end of the show they they have a slide they flash that a says, car yeah that says hey you know this is taking place in a, a reality where covid is no longer and we really hope for that and it gives you hope to they something do have that I to more seen that. yeah gray's anatomy does it gray's anatomy does it uh the um actually the good doctor See, did I'm it not last last season all, all the doctor some, shows some of them some of them do it but I do want to take this time to plug some of my work in August I uh, for Variety I wrote and I talked to the showrunners of The Boys Handmaid's Tale Pose a few shows to talk about escapism during the pandemic because much like Ryan just said a lot of TV is designed for fantasy and escapism. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to watch MSNBC and ABC and see how COVID numbers are spiking. And then as I sit down to escape on HBO Max, they talking about Omicron it's too. It's such a That's disservice fair. to creatives and storytellers, I yes. feel like. If you're, if you're wanting, and it's because it's something that we've seen when it comes to Abbott Elementary mm-hmm. and not to jump in, but uh, there was a lot of complaints from teachers saying Abbott oh, Elementary on ABC wasn't Who as realistic. Who their nails done on the lunch break? 
And it's just like, it doesn't have to be realistic if it's a sitcom. It can where, ha- exist how do we, in some fantasy. How do you think we got to this point in the conversation where people are really, really just harping, finding anything to harp on and not appreciating? TV has literally always served, especially scripted TV, has al- always served as a fantasy, yeah. as an escape. We like complaining and we all feel like we all do have a voice, but I think more than ever before, people want to poke holes in things. Like, like we're the, very like angry. Everyone's very angry. Oh, yeah. We talked about the M&Ms. What are your thoughts quickly about the Mess. Unnecessary. I felt like it was so nice. I mean, I was offended that the fact that they switched a old girl from a, a, a heel to a sneaker. As, as if to say femininity on women is bad. I mean, honestly. I know, let her choose. If I'm not even thinking, I mean, femininity is a most definitely a huge part. But also, I felt like that, I took that as a homophobic attack. That was something that was so rude because she is so sexy and as a queer icon, in my opinion. And oh, they anyway. didn't think about that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, you all are losing your minds and this argument is null and void. Ain't nobody trying to sit down for primetime TV or their weekend TV and see COVID reflected back to them. A lot of shows, like Ryan said and Shira said, did at least one season. That's all we need. Or they, or they reference it that it's happened, but yeah, I think we need to get over it. And, and how are we going to keep doing these storylines when we're not even living them? Aren't we all, aren't, aren't most people back outside and fighting over masks and yeah. We're going to be talking about somebody trying to bring the guns up to the school about I don't want to watch, like, the apocalypse on every show. Well, if you do want to watch the apocalypse, actually, there's a great show called Station Eleven that is absolutely <laughs> fabulous on HBO Max, but it takes place... And it's place, not Station 19. No, it takes tw- uh, 20 years later into the future after kind of, like, said pandemic and, like, virus. It's really, really good. It's not as dark as you would think, but it's... Please, mm. I recommend it. Ryan recommends, of course. Yep, we're back. It's Friday. Shardosella is joining us in the studio, as she always do, does every Friday now. Yes. Yes. Good to be here. I know. A signifier fun. of the end of the week. Exactly. And that's always a good thing. <laughs> uh, we've got lots coming up right now on the show. There's a big lie that we have to talk about, and it's involving Dave Chappelle. That's coming up with Vanity Fair writer Jamila Lemieux. And we're talking about the normal things we do or we used to do before the pandemic. We're going down memory lane. That's later this hour. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Jen Psaki gave her thoughts on the voting rights bill failing on The View. Here's what she had to say. So my advice to everyone out there who's frustrated, sad, angry, pissed off, feel those emotions. Go to a kickboxing class, have a margarita, do whatever you need to do this weekend, and then wake up on Monday morning. We got to keep fighting. And what that means, Lindsay, is we have to keep talking to members about federal legislation. That's essential. That's something that can be permanent, that can make sure people's rights are protected. But we also need to uh, make sure people are educated in states across the country about what their rights are. You know what? Okay, so I ended up watching the entire uh, clip because that clip that we just played Mm -hmm. really had me like, are you really kidding me, Jen? Like I, you know, I am a fan. I would say of hers, and I feel like she stepped in. Was it, it was it giving you some Gina Rodriguez? Let's do some research, Mama. Yeah, I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> and so, but when you watch the whole entire clip, it kind of makes it a little better in context yeah. of like what she's what she's talking about. But I do think there's something of, uh, about the communication from this administration that does not land properly. Yeah, if it's not coming from you know Vice President Kamala Harris, President Joe Biden himself, and even 
even Jen Psaki, where there's too many flub ups, where there's such a disconnect to from what like the white elite wants versus what the actual like America, we the like, people, the you know you know PO, pe- people of color and black folks in this country actually need. We're not taking a kickboxing class well, or drinking a margarita to get rid of our our for the know, weekend. Ups- we don't really have that yeah. privilege. Isn't undermining the importance of like what we're fighting yeah. for? But I will like, say, a margarita will help. Although a margarita does help sometimes. All but. things considered, Jen Psaki is the best thing one of the top yeah. three best things to come out of this Biden administration for me personally. Oh, I agree. I love yeah. her. I'm such a fan. But, but I, she I agree still with you does. that communication is all over the place. It's, it just it. doesn't land. But in fairness, she has to answer for Biden. And if he ain't being clear, then she can only do so much. Yeah. Truth. Well, Republican U.S. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas introduced a bill today that would require the Bureau of Prisons to house inmates according to their assigned sex at birth and not their gender identity. Cotton's bill, titled the Preventing Violence Against Female Inmates Act, oh my goodness. would prevent prisons from designating a separate housing option for inmates based on their gender identity. Really unfortunate there, what's happening in Arkansas His last again. name would be Cotton in Arkansas. <laughs> Being oppressive. Did you have to connect yeah. those dots? I did. Sometimes. <laughs> what a last name. Needs to be said. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? You know, I just have to say that Demi Lovato is my own personal Shay Diaz. If you know, you know. Uh, if you know, you know. And just like that, the next story is about Demi and how they hosted a funeral for their pop music career Aww. because they are going into punk rock. Take a listen. So this is the song. We're starting so the, the mob here. What's it called? The, the mosh pit. Mosh pit. I said I'm, the mob. I'm a fan of this. I mean, I'm a fan of Demi Lovato when it comes to their music. I love their last album, Dancing with the Devil. I loved, um, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Demi. But this, um, this music could be like pop rock. No. Yeah. Sorry Not Sorry was when I was in my Demi bag. I love the video, the aesthetic, and the messaging of the yeah, song. Yeah, but that was also when they were at their worst, like physically and mentally. Okay, well. Well, look According at to them. every song Taylor Swift does that did well, was she was at her worst. No, but Taylor wasn't going to rehab that we know of. Okay. Well, it wasn't like, you know, almost committing, you know, completing suicide. She was going through a breakup. Wow. Well, nevertheless, uh, <laughs> Lovato will now be moonlighting as a paramour... <laughs> Avril Lavigne hybrid tribute band. So congratulations oh, to them. Oh, and guess what? Oh. Demi's invited to sing at my wedding if they want to. So if you don't want me there, just say it, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tea report for this hour. Am I invited? Oh, God. We'll have to see. Because you honestly, see Ryan at this ignore point, that question. At this point. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to keep this show going. And actually, it's really interesting what we have coming up next. Has Dave Chappelle been propping up a lie that is keeping others down? Well, we have Vanity Fair joining us coming up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. 
With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Now, we have all heard about the big lie in terms of politics, but there's a big lie that exists in black America, and comedian Dave Chappelle is at the root of the conversation. And joining us for this conversation is Jamila Lemieux, writer and cultural critic, and honestly, she wrote an incredible article in Vanity Fair that went viral and should be required reading. Icon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. No, I can't stop like praising you because it was just so beautifully wrote um, how you just completely broke everything down. But I, I think what's, you know, could be confusing to our listeners is, you know, the Dave Chappelle scandal took place, what, back in October? October? Yeah. So why this article now? What was speaking to you that made you want to say what you said in this? And we'll further break that down in this conversation. Well, I wrote the article um, a few months ago, so it, it took some time. I spent a few months on it, and, you know, it took some time going through the editing cycle um, and was selected for the February issue, which is, I guess, the next issue available when I pitched it. Um, you know, we were only a few weeks into the conversation about the closer when I decided to pitch the story. And, you know, I felt like, well, there's been so much said about this already. I don't want to necessarily belabor this conversation. And people have said and written so many good and valuable things. But as I sat with it, you know, I um, I felt that there was something that was missing. And I actually had been writing a, um, a piece for my newsletter about why I wanted to write about Dave Chappelle, but I didn't. You know, like I was hesitating because I didn't want to deal with the backlash. I didn't want to deal with you know, the things that are said of, you know, women who make critiques like this. And from that journal entry, just kind of um, that uh, newsletter entry rather became this essay. And I just had to write it. You know, I felt that a lot had been said about uh, Dave Chappelle's transphobic language and, and jokes. And, you know, people have commented, though not as frequently, but there has been commentary in the past about his the misogyny and some of his humor. Mm -hmm. But I felt that nobody had really dealt with the fact that when he says, you know, I don't like the trans conversation happening in front of black people because things aren't happening for us you know, at the same rate or that black people are jealous or have reason to be jealous of gay people because their needs are being met in, in a way that ours are not. I was like, hold up. Cause now you're speaking for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm black people and you're saying something that's not true. I just have to say, Hey, Jimmy, let Shar, by the way. Um, I just have to say that, you know, as a, for a black cis woman to stand and, and write something like this, uh, just thank you. Like, it was just so comprehensive. I came in studio singing your praises. I said, we have to get her on the show. <laughs> like, it, is, it was so good. It's it was true. so good. And you're from the ho your you. hometown hero, Chicago. Um, yes. <laughs> nevertheless, so you named this, you ultimately named this the black ass lie. Please break down what is the black ass lie and why it's important to the overall discussion. 
So the black ass lie is the idea that black men, particularly black cishet men, have are facing things that are infinitely worse than what other black people, which would be black women and black LGBTQ people um, who do not identify as women, what we're going through, right? So somehow, so this group that represents the majority of us, right? Because like, that's most of us, that's over 50% of the black population, somehow is not having the same uh, level of difficulty. I'm not invested in comparing and saying, you know, who has it worse or, you know, that this is a, this is not a contest, Mm -hmm. but we can't continue to ignore the fact that like, patriarchy is a legitimate thing that orchestrates and orders our lives and our steps. And so for black cishet men, you can be both in the position of oppressed and oppressor. And that's not to say that you have not been disenfranchised on the basis of being a black man specifically, but just that you're not the only one having that sort of experience because there are things that happen to you specifically because you're a black woman. There are things that happen that do not happen to other women. There are things mm-hmm. that happen to black trans women that do not happen to black cis women, right? Like there are levels to what we're up against. And the idea that black LGBTQ people or black women, cis and trans are somehow dealing with less racism because mm-hmm. we're not black cis head men. is just, you know, um, False. it's not <laughs> substantiated by, you know, the, the data that's used to measure our quality of life in this country, you know, is that our struggles are, are very much in alignment. You know, they struggle in school. We struggle in school. There's, uh, you know, they're subject to the school to prison pipeline at higher rates than other groups of men. We're subject to it than higher, uh, at a higher rate than other groups of women. Right. And so, that's not even taking into account the fact that as a man, as a cishet man, there are, there's undue power and privilege that you have over the, the bodies and the experiences of other people, right? Through acts of violence, uh, through, you know, the way things are still structured in the workplace and mm-hmm. in schools, yep. you know, and for us to just simply pretend that this doesn't exist, you know, like black women have historically suffered the highest rates of domestic violence, the highest rates of um, homicide, the highest, you know, compared to other women, the, um, you know, highest student loan debt. You know, we are dealing with a maternal health crisis that has gone understudied, under, you know, explored for many years. It's just black women's babies die. Black mothers die in childbirth, you know, at the rate of so-called third world countries. And these things are not treated as if these are black concerns that need to be addressed. Right. And when it comes to the things that happen at the hands of men, this isn't about saying the majority of our men are, are violent towards us and are cruel um, it's saying that when it comes to the men in our community that have been violent toward us, that have done harm, we have not sought accountability, right? We have not figured out ways to correct this behavior and address it. At times, our instinct is to hide it, yep. to bury it, to protect our men and boys, you yeah. know, because we are, we, see we that, feel duty bound to do that. We see that a lot within the church. Or in Dave's mm-hmm. in Dave's case, he's using comedy, right? He's trying to use comedy to escape. Even though nothing's funny, what's happening. <laughs> These aren't his jokes, version of comedy. No. Uh, so, with that said, how do we continue to hold that space for all of this while holding uh, communities responsible, and specifically black men in this case? You know, we have to have 
painful conversations, you know, and I think we also have to recognize that, like, to ask black men to take this information in is to challenge the ways that they have been socialized to see themselves in relation to society since birth. You know, like, you're not likely to be made aware of the amount of power that you have over women, right? That's just not something you may, you know, have heard no means no, but think about how frequently an act of sexual violence is treated as just, you know, a blip on a man's resume. It's just a thing that happens, you know, where it can be a life defining event for the person who experienced it, you know, but the way that you treat black women and girls should matter. It should be information that we take into account and LGBTQ people. That should be information that we take into account when we, you know, Say, who is this person to the community? You know, the way the way that you treat women and LGBTQ people in general, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's not, it, we can't say this person is, you know, a hero and the heroism is more important than anything else they've done when they've committed acts that are, you know, life-altering and, and you know, on a, a scale as someone such as Bill Cosby, right? Like, Ooh. we can still have a conversation about the things that yeah. you contributed to the culture, quote-unquote, and the things that you, you know, did that were uh, part of your entertainment career, but we cannot erase the fact that you have done great harm Ooh. to a lot of women. Now, when is the book coming out, I Jamila? mean, Jamila, like, <laughs> we could literally talk to you this entire show, and we have so much to sit here and think on. Thank you so much for joining us. You are absolutely incredible. This is great. And like I said, it's required reading. Head over to VanityFair.com, or you can just simply follow Jamila Lemieux on uh, the, the Twitter. The socials. The yeah. social all around, um, because, yeah, we, we have to have you back on to, to chat more with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, so we got a lot to think about here, and we're going to take a quick break to do that, okay? Well, shout out to BuzzFeed for this. It's inspiring this next convo about people who are sharing things they don't do anymore because of COVID. And it's really a reminder of how much our lives have changed these past two years. So let's get into it. What uh, what are those things for both of you? question what am I, well you know what what i will say is i'm kind of back to everything that i was doing at oh, one really? point yeah at one point what i can tell you changed is that i was not wearing color on my nails i would just do a nude mm-hmm. pinkish flush yeah i'm back to wearing color on my nails what what, what and what did that have to do with like the pandemic like why'd you stop i just wasn't pandemic? feeling it because i wasn't i also i changed my nails every week so mm. in the pandemic, I wasn't feeling like like it wasn't bringing me mm. joy. So if I did like yeah. a nude flesh tone, yeah. it could chip. It could what? No one's gonna tell. Like because I didn't care. I also was not wearing makeup in the yeah. pandemic or as Come much. Come on, Alicia Keys. I, for what? Yeah. I didn't. At one point when the pand- when lockdown first started, I was still getting fully dressed in an effort to maintain normalcy and still uh-huh. feel like myself. But I had a breaking point. Yeah. So th- those are the top two things that come to mind for me. Oh, I know. okay. So the t- the for, top for physical appearance. One thing that comes to mind to me is um, I feel like, and I was only doing this with like close friends. I no longer like we don't ever like share a drink anymore. Like that I used to true, like to yeah. share a drink, being like, oh, someone has a drink that I like, and I'll be like, oh, let me have a little taste. Never, never. doing that again. <laughs> Literally never doing that. I'm again. surprised true. you were doing it before. Oh my god, yeah, because I mean, yeah, yeah we have done it. Yeah. Although I feel like if you is really wanted a drink, yeah, like it's alcohol. Take it. Like if she has a drink that I got that is different. 
I like our I wanted a be like a little bit of her drink. Yeah, I'm asking. Let's be clear. After a few drinks, I don't know if that rule would continue. I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um Or then, if there was a bottle involved. And then also I feel like another thing that I would did I don't know. Oh well before pandemic I wasn't going out at all and I feel like now I'm going out more. Before, I mean, so you're going out after. Well, because I mean, this summer, like, it was kind of like crazy because me and Shar kind of had like this pack where we made sure that this summer was going to be like the well, last summer was going to be like the best summer we had, just in case. And generally, it really was. It was a summer I had never experienced all my years being in LA, where you were like going out and like doing fun things, and and like that was something that was like really, really different. And now we're probably not going to be able to do that again because of the. Omicron I mean, listen, summer 2020, I was in the house. That was really torture for me. Yeah. Like I was in the house, mm-hmm. so I. Made yeah, you're right. Summer 2021, I turned it all the way up. I and it broke was, the speakers. I don't, yeah, I don't regret anything. Uh, I don't hug people as much as I used to do. I think I used to be like, I'm a hugger. Mm, no, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. need to be a hugger. Any- I'm just like, I'll, I'll do the bow. <laughs> that's so sure. You're, you're so, bowing? That's so no, sure. Like, I do my hands, like, I pray your hands and I bow. <laughs> like I, a little see, see, what what I find so odd. <laughs> Compared to you is the the pandemic actually increased my hugging, um, but not necessarily to strangers. But it's it's just I'm in a, a space where I can't take hugs yeah, for you granted. Need, you need natural like, I physical spent touch. So much time alone in 2020. Totally. So you, much time. Do you check people's vaccination cards before you hug them? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know one thing that you can't do anymore that you probably could do in public. What? You can't cough and sneeze anymore. Mm, oh, no, you can't. I have a, I have a hard time like, doing that's, that. I mean, even when Sheer came back after, she was completely yeah. negative, and there I was still, just, yeah, I still there be was looking no at her way. Her I do there was in the no studio. way. I'm like, you are not allowed to be, like, mucusy no. or nasally anymore because you caught it. Nope. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else for me. I know. Well, the BuzzFeed yeah. list has, like, blowing oh, out yeah, candles on a, on a birthday cake. I was already mm. there. Uber um, pools. <laughs> can, can you believe? Actually, that's a, that's a really good one. The birthday oh. cake one. Can you believe that that's something we really used to do? Like we used to spit all over cakes and then cut it. Into oh, slices. I guess I didn't think Especially about that. When it was, and then serve them. You know what? I wouldn't mind. I never mind it when it was just one person. I hated the team blowout. Oh, <laughs> when it's like six people blowing out a cake. Yeah, that's not fair. Well, what that do you think, would turn me off to getting a slice uh, 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 though. What do you think it will be now? It'll be candles on the side and be like, I'll blow out well, these candles on the tell, side. As someone, as the most recent person with the birthday up in here. Yeah. When my candles were lit at my party, I fanned it out with my hand. That is true. Okay. I did this. What about uh, for me? And this one resonated: salad bars. Because we oh, no. talked about this. I was yeah. a salad bar queen. I was a buffet girl. Yeah. Gross. And all you could eat crab legs. Oh, are you kidding me? That sounds horrendous. Also, all you know you one thing that you mom. most definitely cannot do anymore. What? And I actually got onto Sheer when she, when we first got back into the studio, mm-hmm. and we were like making a regular thing. Sheer would bring like she brought that funeral food, and she bought food from. <laughs> what do you mean by fu- like repast? No, food? so she bought food that <laughs> was like. Leftovers from a like a funeral. Leftover. There's a lot of good food that had to be. And she eating. brought it here, and I was like, "You can't do that." Yeah, you can't. Leftover. People food. are already touching no, that food. I think you you can't brought bring your it. cake, but, but no, but Shara I brought her cake. First of all, when, isn't it fine? Like if you nuke it in the microwave or whatever. No, I'm sorry. It you was can't a fruit bring... plate and a veggie plate, and there was uh, oh, pies. That ain't, that ain't our type of food. <laughs> Pies. That ain't our type pies. of funeral food. But like, sense. you don't bring those type of things and then bring it to the office and be like, oh yeah, anybody can just eat it. 
Why not? Oh, you were bringing it for the break room. She bought it. Yeah. She okay, the difference between me bringing my birthday cake in here is it was only, it was gifted from me, from someone to me. Yeah, they yeah. gifted it to me. No, you, no, ma'am. you literally <laughs> said, yeah, all this, all this food left. I'm going to take it. No, ma'am. Well. I thought she, you were talking about she was bringing it as like a personal lunch or no, something. No, she bought in a platter yeah, sure, that was already that. open. The ranch was already open. What? It yes. Was, it was at the, the decrease, the low point of COVID. It was. We were back to no normal. Thing, baby. We were already, we, we in the pandemic. We haven't stopped being in the pandemic. Sure, anyway, yeah. Right, I'm with you on let this. Let us know. I, I want to yeah, hear from sure. you. Uh-huh. Uh, you could, of course, always give us a call. 833-77-CALL-Q. Let us know the things that, you know, have changed in your life the past two years. You know, the things you're not Ooh. doing from before the pandemic. At LGT Show also is where you can find us on social media. But coming up next, another shining example of why many are rage quitting their jobs. We're getting into it after this. Well, another day, another rage quit because a woman blasted her former boss on TikTok after they sent her a message asking if she would be coming into work shortly after her mom passed away. Mm -hmm. Here is the clip. What the hell kind of question is that? (laughs) I'm not even coming back. I I will never come back. Especially, who the Ask somebody else. not even a this week. This is me on FaceTime with you. I'm not a grown. I'm a, I'm grown, but I'm I'm not. You're not fully grown until you're 21. I have to I have to get used to not talking to my damn mama every mother me goddamn day. And you're gonna sit here and ask me, hey, you still going to work? You still? Hell no. I'm not. Hell no. Hell no. I would say it in Spanish if I knew how. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That's literally me. Is, is that a secret recording for me? Uh, I, actually, I sit in that clip. <laughs> I mean, Face would you ever well. have the courage to post something like that publicly? Yes. I mean, for that. Really? Ask, my mother passed yeah, away. You got there. And I got a text saying, are you still coming into work today? That's a little It was foul. a week later, right? That's a little foul. I thought it was the same day. No. The same day. I think she said it was a few days later, right? So what it was is uh, it was a few days since her mom had passed, but the tech, the manager texts about 10 minutes before she oh, sent yeah. that message. Wow. So, I mean, here's the thing. Um, I, yeah, I get you would quit that job. I would. You, what you about to say, Miss Boss? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because she'll always be coming in from the capitalism no, side. Would, here's the thing. I, I think like there's a know. process. I really want to hear I mean, it I'm out. assuming, but I don't know what happened. There's a process. If something happens, either there's an assumption, like you get two weeks leave, like what's it called? Bereavement leave? Yes, bereavement. Yeah. So uh, if, if you're not, not in a company. Well, how much it's, is it? I think how it's long? like literally only like. <laughs> a weekend? A week. Yeah, I mean, so honestly. That thing is like in the end, like while you're going through grief, this is unfortunate. You kind of need to have these real talk discussions with things like people around you it's like are you going to go back to work when which is fine but like there just needs to but be but there's a time and a place for that don't you how think else, yeah but how I else are you going to ask unfortunately I also think that the uh, to the core this speaks to what I've kind of been complaining about for the last few months about how we're still in the midst of this global deadly health pandemic but yeah. our workplace expectations have not changed yeah so of course death of the death of any family member is going to yeah. hit you but it might be it might hit you a little harder in the midst of all that's going on oh it, it's it's horrible all around I think that you know if they hadn't had this conversation and this person needed to ask or she just said like I assume you're not coming in I have someone covering for you don't worry don't come in yeah. right but, but this goes also- back to like the lack of I mean compassion and understanding I think like as a society we've become so desensitized to like talking to each other normally between like boss I, slash employee I think a general. leader would understand saying oh what happens 
if my mom would have died, I'm go. I would. They I, never think I would want a little way. bit of time to kind of at least come back to this or figure out the next plans. And, and I should. And mention, who knows if she's like the breadwinner of her and family who has to handle the right. logistics of her mother's yeah. death, right? And all like, the that's planning. A, that's a huge. Like, Funerals on. are expensive. Yeah. Mom might not have life insurance. Like, there's a lot of moving pieces here. But I've seen stories about women having miscarriages and the boss still coming in. And I think that it should also echo like how quickly like people have died on or around the job and how quickly they're replaced. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've all seen those online. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, my coworker Susie died on Tuesday and there was someone in the name of capitalism here on Friday yeah. re- replacing her. Um, without giving us as her co-workers and colleagues mm. time to process her, her. Now you're just sitting at Susie's desk. Yeah, so let us know what you think. Uh, keep the conversation going at LGT Show. And honestly, can we please uh, have that first part of what type of question is that? <laughs> can you just like record that so I can just have that to any moment that I need it to? All right, we got more show coming up next. Thank you. We're back in the studio. Ryan, Char, Josel, and me, Sheila Lazar. Who did you, what, what's my name? And Ryan, what's mine? Char, Josel. And you said Ron. And she said Joselle. <laughs> oh, she did. You know what? I'm, I'm going to blame it on being Canadian. Yeah, yes. Like, Even uh, though sometimes you be giving Southern accent, you ain't never been to the South one day. I know. I'm hanging out with you too much. I, I know. remember uh, that she pronounced Ka- Camilla as Kamala. Yeah, well, that's just because. And blamed it on Kamala. being Canadian. <laughs> I just bl- I t- you got go, me. Go ahead. Now go you ahead. know my secrets. Great. Go ahead. That's but out of we the have bag. been having a fun, fun time on TGIF with Char. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was very Oprah of you. The sing songy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I mean, you. That's Ryan. A, that was like it. That was, you know, and a homage. Shira. That was homage. <laughs> We're having a good time today. Yes, though. we are. And still lots of show coming up, as well as more music here on Channel Q. We are talking about the gay cruise that is going viral in many different ways. And it's just cost someone their life. That's, That's actually really funny. Going viral in many ways. That's actually really funny. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to give credit. I'm going to give credit where it's due. I'm not going to steal someone's wit here. Was that a double entendre <laughs> or something? It definitely was. Yeah. Y'all ain't going to see heaven up in here making them jokes. Well, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Uh, The Biden administration announced that it is launching an investigation into alleged anti-LGBTQ discrimination at a Christian college in Pennsylvania that kicked out a student for being gay. The investigation, it shows that the federal government perceives anti-LGBTQ discrimination in Christian institutions that receive federal money as um, something worth looking into uh, now. Let's talk about the former student, Gary Campbell, said that he was not allowed to finish his degree in 2019 because he's gay, even though he was only a few credits away from graduating. You know what? We This past summer, we talked to a, a girl that this happened to in, yes. in Illinois, I want to say, and she ended up suing there's the university. There's a class action lawsuit Yeah, well she, there's litigation. It, yeah. That's so ugh to me. I'm so sick of stories like this. Yes, Let I, people get their education. Oh, my goodness. You all aren't investigating premarital sex and all that other stuff you could claim is a sin to this, to this extent. It's just ridiculous. I'm so sick of it. And finally, Page County Public Schools in Luray, Virginia, will increase police presence at schools Monday after a mother made a perceived threat during a school board meeting Thursday night. Amelia King was upset about the school mask mandate and said her children would not be wearing masks on Monday and she would, quote, bring every single gun loaded and ready. Uh, no was, ma- oh, oh, we have the clip. Okay. My child, my children will not come to school on Monday with a mask on. All right. That's not happening. And I will bring every single gun loaded and ready to, I, I will call every. Okay, that's three minutes. You, you're going past your time. 
It's a policy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll see y'all on Monday. I mean, the fact that they just simply said it's a policy instead of calling 911 was right? wild. You me. literally just like, made a wild. threat in this social climate that we're in with firearms. Also feeding into a stereotype. Let me add that. Yep. <laughs> it's masks yeah. and you're going to bring every loaded gun up to the school. Are you kidding me? It's wild. And I also, you know, I Over know that a mask, man. I know that people are probably sick of of me bringing this into the argument, but I have to for the, for the sake of this. Go ahead. We want to talk about race. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually so if happy. If there were if, anyone other than a white woman, if this were a black, any woman of color who would have said this exact same thing, she probably would have been tackled by police. Yeah. Yeah. They would have the police would have well, shown up at her house man, and kicked open I mean, the door. Most definitely not. Well, we know with the white. Well, no, with the white man, he probably would have gotten away with it as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it exactly. wouldn't have been a problem. He would have just started shooting right then and there. Right, he's got one in his. <clears throat> anyway, either uh, way, <laughs> send the emails about Char to Char. Don't send them. You can, no, you know, because Fridays this, it takes the heat off of me because I'm. Excuse not. me. This, this has you can. Send and you're both emails. on the same side. You're, <laughs> no, no, the, no. There's the plexiglass, and then there's the two of you. No, no, no. You can I'm send on the your, other side of that. You can send your emails to me, but this got my blood boiling hearing her say this. It's awful. I'm not a parent, and this got my blood no, boiling. No, this is horrible. Like, dare you. It, in no way is this appropriate, or should we normalize this? Yeah. It's too late, Shira. I mean, but it's the already horse yeah, has left the stable. That's the thing. It's already kind of normalized in a way where this woman that responded saying it's policy was not even phased that just <laughs> literally was threatened. I guess the kids will just show up with their bulletproof backpacks. Remember yeah. that there's an industry for that yeah, now. You know? I do feel like there is, oh, we've talked about this, like wanting to be victimized. Like, I want to be a victim as well. It's oh, sad. Duh. It's really sad. Yeah. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? You got some spicy headlines Oh my goodness. Today. You don't have a lot of time. I just, you know, uh, <laughs> the tea report for this hour, actor Bill Paxton, his family, if you all remember, he died of a stroke a few years ago. Oh, wow. And his family may get a big payout from Cedar sinai Now, um, something allegedly might have gone wrong. He went in for a heart surgery and then 11 days later died of a stroke. Oh, and so there's an investigation going on. I should mention that if you're not familiar with Bill Paxton, he was in Twister mm. and he was in Big Love. You know, the polyamorous show. Is oh, that what yeah. Big, Big Love, Love was? Yeah, it was about the, the literally the man having the multiple wives. What I, like, I think it's based off of Sister Wives, mm. like that show on TLC. Okay, that's, that's what, what that show is. See, that's what confused me because I, I didn't know that there was a scripted show after this. I, only, I just knew that there was uh, unscripted reality TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got to see how this this unfolds. Like I said, he, he died in February of 2017, 11 days after a heart valve replacement surgery. He was only 61 and they're doing some digging and the cardio cardio surgeon at Cedars, I don't know how to pronounce this man's name, forgive me, was allegedly known prior, he actually allegedly knew prior to Paxton's death uh, to practice cutting edge surgery. Like he was very smart. He knew what he was on, but he also knew that it was a risky surgery or quote unquote cowboy medicine, which is mentioned, mentioned in the suit. I'm not sure what that means, but it sounds like it's something rogue and unconventional. Well, I hope Grey's Anatomy does an uh, episode on it. It's the only way Ryan learns. That's the tea report for this hour. It actually really is. <laughs> Next I can up. say a lot of medical terms I just know. because of Grey's Anatomy. Well, the gay cruise, also known as the Omicron of the Seas, has seen someone lose their life. More details after this. Cool. The Atlantis uh, Events Cruise, uh, Royal Caribbean Oasis of the Seas, has been at sea, um, and it's a, basically a gay cruise. It was a cruise that brought together a lot of gays. Yeah, right? sure. It's a, I think you were there, weren't you? I saw you in the picture. 
<laughs> I actually pointed you out. What are you talking you're, about? You're in a, a really Our beautiful job. 2,700 <laughs> travelers on the Oasis of the Seas, the 30th anniversary. But a lot of people talked about how a lot of the pictures coming out on social media didn't seem like there was a lot of social distancing. Um, no. Oh, there's another one. Are women even allowed on these things? Um. Well, you know, I don't. Well, probably like hags. But they don't appear to be, they would be there. Yeah, but they're not like, you know, they're just coming on with the oonsoons. Like there's, oh, there's, do no, you see? Scarf I was trying. But, but, I'm looking at the, if, for uh, reference, yeah. I'm looking at a big picture where every, it seems like all 4,700 of the people are on the deck and they are all gathered together. Very close. And I'm playing a fun game of find the POC and then also now <laughs> find the woman. Well, the reason why besides that, uh, this is making news and it became because of the lack of awareness that there's a pandemic and them just be out there partying. Well, if you remember it's back now, in, in 2020, there oh. was hashtag gays over yes. COVID. Yeah, and, and also, don't forget there was like some a party that took place in PV, mm-hmm. um, and the boat sank, and everybody made a meme about it. Okay, so now this one kind of what came out of it was um, Omicron of the seas, right? Yes. And but now, unfortunately, news has come out. The advocate has confirmed the death. Uh, with Atlantis events of one of those on board. Yeah. Oh, they no. said the death was nothing out of the ordinary. such a flippant way of actually yeah. talking about that death. So does that mean it was of natural causes? Yeah, that, so some, there's been people that said that this death was not drug-related. That's I think that's not the Not drug-related? Well, also, but what, is make... it COVID-related? Well, That I makes don't... me think of that one episode of Queer as Folk when Emmett, when his boyfriend tried to become a part of the Mile High Club and his boyfriend died in the bathroom, stuck inside of him. It's a good episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but yeah, I think one, it's, it's, if we're talking about, let's start with the COVID aspect of it. It does not seem like this was a safe time to be doing this. I'm not sure if Atlantis, um, you know, made sure that everyone was COVID um, safe or vaccinated or whatever. Right. What is their insurance if they were policy adding look and like? Testing. Like, who knows? I don't know more, like, really about these type of cruises um, because oftentimes these type of cruises aren't really the most um, inclusive or diverse. And um, for me, it doesn't really seem like I would have a, even a place to really exist in this space. And then also, like, um, I, I'm happy that it's bringing up really necessary conversations about, like, why are these cruises kind of like a thing? And Shar actually had a really cool point that I'm not, we were talking about off air yeah. that it would be interesting if you want to talk about it now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm reading an, an article from Shout Out to Them and Shout Out to Samantha, one of my former editors who wrote this. And it says, even one source who correctly pointed out that gay cruises aren't just for sex parties yeah. still tactically acknowledge that there can be a fair amount of interpersonal contact on board. And the right. source goes on to say he's never been part of an orgy and mentions cocaine and all different types of things. So what I've been thinking is just because like everybody's a sexual being for the most part, it, shout out if you're asexual, maybe yes, not. But I want to know, is it like testosterone? Is there some sort of suppression? It just seems to me yeah. as if gay men and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, let's go there. Okay. Can't just gather and just. Hang Chill. On. Why well, does it always have to be something so hyper talked about this before? And, and, and so this is Orgies interesting, right? And sex parties. So I think all of, if you want to, I feel like there's like the queer community, gay people specifically, are very like we're all sex positive. I think it's because it's rooted in the possibilities of of not, us not being able to experience sex in ways that uh, maybe cis het folks were, or maybe uh, people weren't uh, really allowed to ex- express themselves when they were younger. And so when you get older and you kind of find 
online community and you 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 really engage in sex in ways that you you know find your curiosities you explore it it, it allows for more room and especially being queer kind of a, it gives you the confidence and the ability to own that right it, it, mm. it to own those spaces and so it's not about just being you know super like highly a sex uh, drive it doesn't appear, but I, I do think it's like I, I it do, doesn't appear as if lesbians are engaging in this same well, stuff I mean at the exact you don't know what day, what's it Dino we don't Dino the Dino I'm thing saying, is just all I know I'm is, saying it's this, it, at the same rate that's all, all I'm I saying. know is like I do know um, as someone who you know I follow my cycle I know there's certain parts of the month I'm like on it I want it and a lot of the month maybe I don't want it as much and I think hormones do make a difference I don't but I'm not going to subject it only to testosterone I think there's a that we should as as queer folks as gay people we should be able to uh, we should be allowed to explore our sexual um, our sexuality in ways that if we totally. want to have sex in, in these ways if you want to have a sex party if you want to yeah. have an orgy if you want to explore no, all not, of these things you should be yeah. able to do that to be clear I'm not you're saying not, I know you're not saying that she's just say, wondering like wh- why is it it feels like the, I think a there's between... a liberty that we we decide as a, a gay community to take to explore that and, yeah. and to own that sexuality and so when there are cruises or parties that exist for that that's what you're going to do you're going to have a fun time with community and make memories in your but own it way it seems as if it's outside of parties and cruises that are designed for that I mean there's like cru- I mean there's like cruising well, there's like general, all these type there of kinks. Is. Well, like but we've also talked about how cis hetero relationships can just be boring and that perhaps some you folks like I mean. well yeah and then you could say my partner might want to do it more but like we're not sometimes at the same because different level. people have different libidos yeah, I just don't think it's I, I think for me and when this conversation comes up I I often just remember being a young kid who did not go on dates who did not get I had right. you know have well, these type of fair. like sexual experiences until I was from like the outside okay you know, so from, from the outside looking in because a majority of my friends are happen to be you know gay men I just I'm like okay where's the sustenance where's the the layers I, I don't understand it just seems hypersexual to well me. how could how how I guess you're I think it's because you don't think that sex isn't like a layer that all, like adds in um, like sustenance and I feel like maybe to these people who are there that is a part of their sustenance that's a part of their connection to people it's not a, they it's might not, not have the same relationship that you to, have yeah, with, with sex, sex. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, I'm not you all I'm not that damn dense oh, yeah, I, know, like, I, know, I know duh but we're I'm just, just talking yeah. I'm saying for general conversation from the outside for looking generally. in but I, I can seems... agree with you I can agree with you especially when it comes to representation in media of when it comes to overly because, sexualized right, because queer then folks. I've seen people get upset at yeah. like for example Anthony's character on and just like that when he's having a sexual act with the cater waiter in the bathroom everybody's tired of that type of representation but it is a direct reflection <laughs> yeah, of what's taking place but that's, that's not happening true. all the time and Sex in the City is not doing a, a good job at even giving depth to but what I'm saying a, is a people, huge cruise people are complaining about uh, the representation of gay men being hypersexualized on TV we need more depth we need but if if they're pulling from these type of headlines if the writers room then is that's pulling a problem this, that they're only pulling for this and not understanding that this is even nuance people that have this relationship with sex is because they, they that's what they they find comfort in that and I think that when you're just talking about going into the restroom have, getting you know getting uh, having on. a sexual thing with a caterator that's not giving the nuance to like what their connection is with sex and why as a queer person you are connected to sex in that way so, and I know this is like I'm trying to here's do we need more thing. examples of platonic friendships among gay I mean, men I have, I have tons of platonic relationships in media yeah I agree with the that the cruise listen we hope everyone is safe on the cruise I would not go on any cruise. I don't want to get stuck on like a. I don't like a, getting yeah. I don't an like Omicron in general, cruise. That yeah. sounds just like horrible. Or just being on a boat. And do you? I like cruises. Do you? Whatever you want to do, just do it. Just be safe. 
So we were just talking about gay cruises and queer stuff, right? Yeah. Which, but there's a really interesting conversation that we've had. And off- my cycle. Right. And ra- <laughs> randomly, Shira's we were talking monthly. about just... I was talking well, we're not going to go back into it. We're on a new page. So we, we're going to continue this conversation to, to talk about queerness. But we have talked about offline of like how can cishet people be considered queer. And I think this is coming on the heels of RuPaul's Drag Race where we're seeing the first, you know, straight uh, hetero, cis like drag queen who identifies as straight but is occupied in cis and who occupies queer spaces. And there's this really, uh, you know, complicated conversation about are cis het people allowed to be queer? And what does that really look like? And, I mean, is it possible? I guess, Char, do you, I'll start with you. So, uh, as someone who does not identify as queer, famously, as right, you know. Right, right. Um, that's why in my writing, I do queer and trans, because not every trans person identifies as queer. And I'm, I happen to be in that number. I do think that cis het people can be queer. I saw a conversation unfolding on Twitter about Betty DeVille and Howard DeVille, who are animated characters from Rugrats. Mm-hmm. And I okay. think that because they go against the norm and the norm, like as far as like femininity is, is, is so, uh, associated or socialized with womanhood. Masculinity right. is associated with manhood. Yeah. That is how our society is structured. So even if they are cishet, if the woman is the more masculine one and there's an effeminate man, but they're heterosexual, I would consider that a queer relationship because mm. it's not necessarily the quote-unquote norm. Uh, well, I can't speak to this because I don't consider myself, well, queer also. And, and uh, I just but, spoke to it. I, so y'all I'm are too, I mean, yeah, my y'all are both two straight it, though, women. Yeah. But I'm, uh, what I would say is my thoughts in general is like if you, your relationship or how you relate to your sexuality and you identify is outside of the binary, then I would say you're, you could identify as queer. Okay. Right? So, well, like, you can be queer in gender and you yes. can be queer in sexuality. Yeah. And you can be queer in expression. You can. And so that with that thought process, I think th- this answer the question that does answer the question that yes, cishet people can yeah. be queer. But I do think there's a, a then, part of me that we've talked about oh sorry, we've talked about what was the actors that have been on the show? Um the actor Nico Tortorella. Yes. Mm. But like they, they are so fine. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They but they and their wife Mm-hmm. Or uh, partner, partner, I mean, um, they they're cis, but they're not heterosexual, so they're queer, right? Okay, so I think what comes up. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I am. I feel like we're on the View on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> The delay? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. So I I think what's interesting with this conversation is also I feel like what's missing from it is because the the cultural conversation around like straightness gets really, um, really uh, kind of what's the I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it it gets really compared are in similarities to like cis white men. And it, it makes straight people feel like, oh, well, I'm not them. I'm not that person. It makes me uncomfortable to identify with that. Right. It makes straightness has been kind of co-opted to mean only, oh, if you are a cishet white man, that mm-hmm. means you represent all of these things that feels negative into the culture, right? And I think that is something that for me makes me a little uncomfortable in the if that is your that's your reasoning behind it, because that means you are that's a privilege that you can run away from your cishetness in whatever ways to kind of go into a community that cannot shake that. Being queer is who they are yeah. in all the ways of their them being born. You're running away from something instead of actually 
I don't know, leading a charge and in 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 redefining redefining it. what that means. Redefining. I, think it. I have an announcement to make actually today on the show. I'm redefining redefining my straightness. I mean, but right I, here, I rather let's go I there. rather people do that instead of saying they're queer because they don't want to be identified as okay. straight because they don't compare. They don't so, like the what straight means in the cultural yeah. conversation. Okay, so yeah, that's something totally divorced from my initial idea. I just want to point that, that out right. as far as like a masculine yeah, I, woman. But I like and your a, and even with the the idea of like masculinity and femininity it, it's even then when you're talking about like the Rugrat characters on the animated yeah. I'm like at the end of the day that's still you know if they identify as like cis het that's not a queer relationship I agree because that, I agree are, I think that could be just, insulting to someone just because they're, just, they're like I just identify not as a dress. femme that no, means I'm not dr- in a cis het relationship it, it was not dressed it, it was not expressed that is the core of their behavior. This man, her husband, is effeminate. She is very, very no, masculine. No, they're just like not no, the typical traditional relationship. What's the difference Which between a Which makes it queer. No, it could just be just not like more outside sweetie, the box. Sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. What <laughs> makes it queer is that literally it is not the quote unquote norm. Yeah. That's what makes it queer. Which, But people also have the autonomy to self-identify. So that's right, not saying right. that they identify yeah, as queer. That's yeah. But someone yeah. looking yeah. could be that is a queer relationship because because femininity is associated with womanhood, masculinity is associated with manhood. So when you have which a is a swat, problem in all together. But that, that's the but Puritan, that's just the way of Judeo Christian like, nation no, we live true. in. That's true. But if you're if you're thinking from a queer I guess lens, then you're 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 getting rid of that. You're shaking what that even means because you are existing in, in a space that fights that norm, that puritanical right. norm. But right. as more and more young people now identify as queer, this becomes normalized, which is a good thing. Even though unfortunately, a lot of people had to sh- struggle just to survive to claim their queerness, right? Yeah. And so you could say, in the way, by it being normalized, it's a great thing, but then there's a bit of a, there, you know, oh, you have the privilege to now join this now that it's more safe, even though it's not they fully They can control that. But my thing is, I don't even think yeah. young people are defining it but, as queer or straight. I think they're, they're just, just existing. existing. Now, just literally. Literally. Yeah. But literally. now, but now, I would just say, existing. but now the next, like, people a bit older than them, if you are progressive or evolved, I think you're like, well, yeah, I align. And so there is a bit of a feeling, we've talked about this, that like being straight feel it's not just boring it feels like alienating almost yeah. because it's connected Cis to and su- straight. yeah it's connected to such that's very bad, like bad yeah. stuff yeah. it can be but it's 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 then not. stop oppressing yeah. stop actively oppressing <laughs> it's, people it's as simple as that you can't it's like you're like literally like well oh I can't fit into this so I'm just gonna go and fit into something that's like else. Alec Baldwin's wife who threw on her little Chiquita banana yeah, that's so uh, and became all of a sudden she, I guess she was tired of being a white woman one day <laughs> oh god. Like, you, you have the privilege of redefining how the world views cisness, straightness. Do we want to keep this conversation going because we have to take a little bit of a yeah, break? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so we're going to take a quick little break. And once again, y'all, get into the conversation. <laughs> Literally. At you LGT are, show. Clear, and you also have the number, right? Yeah, 83377-CALL-Q. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> We are back and having a yet another spicy conversation about uh, if you can be cishet, cisgender and heterosexual, can people that identify that way, can they also identify as queer? And I, I think that here's the question that I want to pose as we wrap this mm-hmm. conversation up, right? Mm-hmm. If we are, you know, wishing or wanting the world to be more in, uh, equal or inclusive and diverse and all these things, and we're starting to see, like Shira mentioned last segment, that you know this next generation is more identifying more as queer. 
Is it one of those things where we, we're going to have to just end up just being okay with dropping the whole labels of it all and it not even mattering? Like, should we start to entertain that thought process of saying, does this conversation even matter if a straight person, a cishet person identifies as queer? Does that even matter if we want a world to be more queer and inclusive and diverse? That's a good question. I think that in a, in a romanticized version of the world, we we would be labelless, but I think that labels sometimes. Ooh, getting a call. Sorry if you all hear that. Um, I think that that labels people cling to them. People mm. cling to them because they determine too much. It, we're literally on a patriarchal hierarchical society that's set up in a certain way, so people cling to their labels. I think it's very hard because yeah. especially when you self determine, yeah. you know. Like when you reject something that's put on you, you then have to, by our standards, replace it with something. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think there's a pro and con to labels. Like I think labels, when you have been discriminated against, can be a way of uh, taking your power back, right? And claiming mm-hmm. who you are. And that's a beautiful thing. However, the other side of it is it could be creating Im- limitations in the same way of like living life in a box. Like in the end, yeah, yeah if we had no labels, we were just like being, yeah, it'd be great. Um, there- and isn't that a box in itself? Because it's like you're no label box. Yeah, it's like you're (laughs) inherently still creating the cycle, but we're. It's like you want this utopian world, but that is literally uh, its own controlled version of the world. That because uh, don't you dare label yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I think yeah. In in that way, I think that we should be more in a place to be free to feel into what we're feeling in that moment, what feels right for us as individuals. And well, we may not see this promised land, but the generation behind us certainly is already uh, on on the way. I don't know what to say. Our generation is in a funky, a funky position right now where we're not Gen X, but we're not Gen Z. Um, Speak for yourself. I'm a crossover. Oh, so you're claiming it? I feel like I'm a cusp. You're claiming it? No, we're actually closer. I feel like I'm we're a, millennials, yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm a cusp between a millennial and a Gen Z, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah, well, millennials, uh, we have the power to determine if we're going to cling to the generation ahead, of, ahead yeah. of us or behind us. Actually, I think we have the power to be the bridge between both generations. We are, whether we want to or not. Yeah, uh, yeah but we a lot are. of people don't, I think, take that responsibility upon themselves. And they, they are in the rooms having those conversations. No. Are they not taking the responsibility because they're running away from being straight? But here's the thing. So we are going to wrap this conversation up. It was very, very good. Um, Like we always give. If you want to be a part of the conversation, always follow us at LGT Show and and message us, comment, let us know. And we will, you know, always read it and and hit you back up. But what's coming up next year? Speaking of a generation who doesn't get it, Dr. Phil took on pronouns in his latest show. And let me tell you, Uh. it didn't go well. The clip next. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Now we started from the bottom. You remember when uh, they invited him on The View for Maxine Waters' birthday? No, I missed that. He performed live for Maxine Waters. Okay, this one goes to Betty White. Uh, Her team released a short video today that the beloved star recorded just 11 days before her death at age 99. Here's the clip. I just want to thank you all for your love and support over the years. Thank you so much. And stick around. Oh my oh, god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. She did sound like she she felt so, wow. I mean, she's 99. Betty. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but you still hear such like beauty and yeah. just hope and like 
energy in her. She had a very I still heard Rose Nyland. Like yeah, it's, I still heard her. It's it, it's it's wonderful. I'm, to be honest, I'm not even. I'm sad that the world will never really get to experience her anymore. But also, I'm like Take so happy and proud job of the things that well she was done. able to do. Right? Like she deserves well the rest. Yeah. yeah. So a big yes, queen of the day to Betty White again. Yeah. Yes. You queen. Capricorn queen, Betty White. Yes. <laughs> and that does it for our Friday show. What an immaculate show today, y'all. Spicy Ooh, talk. Definitely. Okay. It was a really good show. I feel like all of our conversations, I would encourage everyone to check it out on our podcast. If you missed just one, you may want to stick around. Charge <laughs> <laughs> sell. I always <laughs> I mean, us. sure, we've only the been working mic. together for two years. For seven I just put years. An <laughs> emphasis on the Joe's L. I don't know. Uh, but Char at Char says so. Yeah. Everywhere on social media, follow her. Thanks again. Yeah, and if you Thank actually kind of want to do a really, uh, every day, uh, every Friday and Sunday, she does some really amazing IG lives on her Instagram, TGIF, TGIFs with yes. uh, Char, and then, of course, Sundays with Char. A where, staple. And so I feel like everyone should go check that out. <laughs> go follow if you want more Char in your life. If you're like, I need more of her, not just on Fridays, uh, Instagram. <laughs> do it that way. Exactly. Thank you, Ryan. Of and course. thank you, Shira. Shira. You know. I'm going to call you Shira as long as Lazar. you call me Jocelle. Giselle. Thank you, Shira Laser. Oh. Appreciate it. Love and appreciate you. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. So just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for some. Friday music right here on Channel Q. Have fun. Uh Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 